Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. All right, praise the Lord. Let's get into tonight. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of springboard off of a couple different things tonight. And so I want you just to, to track with me, if you will. Tonight we're gonna talk, uh, more specifically on the subject of prayer. But I want to take some things that we've been talking about in the past few weeks just to, again, review them, but to use what we've talked about for the purpose in putting us in a position to understand where we're going tonight. So, if you remember, we've been talking about growing up spiritually or being spiritually matured as believers. And if you remember, remember the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5, it says that God gave gifts unto men, or he's speaking of the ministry gifts, speaking of pastors, evangelists, prophets, evangelists, and so on. He says, I've given those to you for the perfecting or the maturing of the saints, so that you grow up. And he says, as you begin to grow up, he says, then you begin to discover that you've got a purpose. There's a plan. There's actually a ministry, a work that God has for you. And you might think, I'm not a minister. Oh, if you've received Christ, you are a minister and there is a ministry for you. It may not be behind a pulpit. It might be something behind the scenes. But every one of us have a ministry. And that ministry, the Bible says, is, or excuse me, concerning uh, maturing, connects me to my purpose, and that purpose begins to help edify or build or grow the church. Amen? And so ultimately, we could say it this way, your purpose and your maturity produces influence. Okay? So as we begin to mature in Christ... As we begin to step into our purpose, it creates influence. All right? Everybody track with me. So the part that I want you to hold on to is that our maturity, our purpose creates influence. So let's just set that to the side for just a moment. All right? We'll come back and address that in a minute. Secondly, we said this, that concerning growing up spiritually, the Bible says that there are marks of those that are growing up spiritually. But just as there are marks of those that are growing up spiritually, Paul said this, mark those, and he's specifically speaking about those who are in the church or call themselves Christians. He says, mark those that don't adhere to the word of God. And he says this, he says, in fact, mark them, don't have anything to do with them. Separate yourself from them. And so what he's saying is that as we begin to mature your relationships begin to change, correct? And so that would also mean that concerning those relationships, it would also affect your influence. He says it affects your maturity. And so he said, mark those, amen, that are not adhering to the word of God. So you got to be careful, those that might lead you astray or take you down a wrong road, right? Now, here's the thing concerning that, is that when it comes to, marking or paying attention to 
The way that we do that is through the inward leading or the witness of the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to have the ability to know on the inside. And, and for that matter, when I was teaching in class this past week, as I was, was teaching, uh, this one particular woman uh, came up and says, now if I understand you right, and she repeated what she thought she heard, and I said, well, no, not necessarily, and I kind of helped her in some areas. And then she just said this. She said, I just need the spirit or the gift of discernment. And the reason being is because one of the things that I was saying to her is that as believers, God has called us to be fruit inspectors, right? Not be critics, not to be judgmental, but to be able to judge fruit. Come on, don't you have enough sense to look at an apple that looks good and say, man, that looks good to eat. And then you look at another one, whoo, wormy, nasty, yucky, right? My, My kids are just young and they have that ability. They have the ability to judge fruit. And so this woman says to me, she goes, I just need the gift of discernment. And this is what she said on the back end of it. Because I don't want to get messed up with wrong relationships. I don't want their influence to take me down a road that will get me into trouble. And and, and oftentimes what she was talking about was in the areas of ministry or being used by God. And so what I said to her, I said, listen, you don't need the gift of discerning of spirits to know what you're wanting to know in what we're talking about. She goes, no. I said, if you'll look at the Scripture, the Scripture uses the gifts of the Spirit concerning discerning of spirits typically to help other people to get them set free. You don't need a gift of the Spirit to discern spirits to get you set free. What you need is to be able to hear and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right? I said, in fact, the Holy Spirit, if you're a child of God, He's in there. And the Bible tells us over in in John's gospel, uh, or is it Matthew's gospel, he says this, he says that the Holy Spirit is your helper, he's your counselor, he's your teacher. In fact, he will guide you into all truth and show you things to come. So you don't need a gift of the Spirit or a supernatural woohoo moment to know what to do. All you have to do is follow the inward witness or the leading of the Holy Spirit. And as you mature, that knowing on the inside becomes more pronounced. In fact, over in Romans, the Bible says that if you're the sons of God, you are led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God bears witness within your spirit that you are the sons of God. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is confirming in me, I am a child of God. And everybody and their brother might say, you aren't either. Like, well, I don't care what you have to say. I know that I know that I know. Because the Holy Spirit bears witness, right? Well, so in every other area in our life concerning relationships, concerning influence, the Bible tells us that I can have the ability of the Spirit of God leading me and directing me. Are you tracking with me? All right, so let's set that to the side. We've got to be careful in our relationships because relationships affect our influence. Concerning being led by the Holy Spirit in the affairs of our life, in relationships. Again, let's set that to the side for just a moment. All right? So, concerning everyday life. Now, this is point number four that I want to bring to your attention. In everything that we do in this life, I say everything, 99.9% of everything, has spiritual implications or has a spiritual root Connected to it. 
Now you might say, well, that seems like you're over-spiritualizing things. No, just think about it for a moment. Something as natural and simple as eating has spiritual implications or repercussions. If you eat incorrectly, if you eat poorly, it can cost you your life. But God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So if you're eating and it's only a natural thing, it has spiritual ramifications if you eat incorrectly, right? And for that matter, it can affect you not just even down the road. It can affect you right now. If you're eating incorrectly, you're eating the bad foods and you're overweight, you just can't take care of yourself, then obviously you can't run the race currently that God has for you if you're just not physically healthy. But once again, it has a spiritual implication, right? We, we think about just even your, your leisure time. Your leisure time has spiritual implications, good or bad. If you have the right leisure in your life, it can have great benefits to edify you and build you up spiritually. If you've got the wrong leisure things in your life, it can begin to tear you down and it can begin to cause you to wane in your walk with God. Leisure time is just a natural thing, but once again, it has spiritual roots and implications. Are you tracking with me? Whether you're a parent, whether you're a spouse, everything in our life can be traced back to have a spiritual implication. If you look at your job and your job is nothing more than a means to pay the bills, that's as far as it will go. And that's all the benefit that it will ever have is just affecting your natural life. But if I look at my job as a ministry, like God sees it, then I can see that job as a means and a way by which I can be a tither and a giver. And because I'm a tither and a giver because of the job that God blessed me with, then I can live beyond my means that this natural job can give me because I'm living by spiritual principles. Come on, are you tracking? Everything on the natural level can be connected with a spiritual root or connection. Okay, so I said all that to get to this point. When it comes to an election, the election was not a natural election. Everything about our election yesterday had spiritual implications and ramifications. Come on, are you tracking with me? Everything about yesterday was about what God wants to do. Our election was not about a personality. It was not about a party. It wasn't about character or integrity. It wasn't about emails. It wasn't about what somebody said. Everything about this election was about the platform by which it stands upon. And therefore, based upon the platform, is a determination of whether we go toward a righteous direction or an unrighteous direction. That's what this whole election was about. What does our election, in fact, the president that was elected yesterday, what is a determining factor of that? One being our Supreme Court, right? Supreme Court decides whether our country is governed by a biblical standard, a conservative standard, or a liberal standard, right? It also guards and protects our Constitution, one by which has been established under God. And so everything about yesterday's election was about establishing spiritual ramifications for this nation. Okay, so what about this election? 
Now, I don't know if you're like I am, but as of, oh, maybe the last month, I thought to myself, she's got it. She's winning it. I thought, you know, just the way things were stacked, thinking she's going to win it. And as you see in the night unfold, and again, all the statistics showed beforehand that she was. But as the numbers started coming, it painted a different picture. And the determining factor in that was the evangelical vote. It was the church, it was the body of Christ that came out and made their voice heard. Now, in 2012, there was a big push for there to be a vote or a voice heard by the church, but the church laid down. And so, once again, yesterday was a big, I don't want to call it a win, it was a, the result of the church making their voice heard. Are you tracking with me? Now, again, you might say, I don't like the candidate. I don't either. But I'm talking about the platform. Because the platform, again, if your platform or your ideals of having an elected official was based on economy, the person will never do it. God can turn that around. But not an economy, or, or not a person. Again, This country was founded on Christian values. And so once again, there was much being done before the election, and it was the body of Christ praying. Praying for the election, and it was the body of Christ coming out to make their voice heard. And I'm talking about influence. Because your voice has much to be done and much to be heard upon from God. And I'll say it this way. Well, before I get there, I'll say this. Concerning God wanting to do something in this earth, He cannot do anything of Himself. He needs the body of Christ to do it. For instance, we could pray all day long, God, let this election be a good election for the church, for the body of Christ. Well, if all we did was sit home and just pray, 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 but never acted upon it, if we never did, again, God needs the body of Christ to function and operate within the body of Christ to see God's heart come to fruition. God cannot do anything in this world without us. In fact, for that matter, where's my Bible? My Bible's right here. So, for instance, the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body, correct? God and Jesus himself cannot do anything in the earth without you. Now, to give you an example, here's my Bible. Here's my head. Here's my body. My head can say all night long, go pick up that Bible. Go pick up the Bible. That's the head talking. But unless my body walk over here and pick up the Bible, my head can't do nothing. Are you seeing the picture? So therefore, once again, in order for God to do anything in the earth, He needs the body of Christ making their voice heard, but He needs the body of Christ to be mobilized in order to see it come to fruition. Amen. So concerning your voice, your voice is your address in the Spirit. 
right? If I was going to send you something, I would find out your physical address and I would send it to you, put a stamp on it and have it physically put on the envelope and you would receive it in however many days, right? God needs us to make our voice heard because your voice is your address in the Spirit. Now, here's the thing about the things, the things of the Spirit. You are more spirit than you are natural. Remember I said the things of the Spirit, or I should say that this life has more spiritual ramifications? If you die in this natural physical body, you're going to live forever, Right? If you walk out this, this, this church and get in an accident and you die out here on the corner of the street, your physical body is still going to be laying there in the car but has no life in it. But where are you at? You're going to be in eternity somewhere. Hopefully it's in heaven, right? So you're more spirit than you are natural. But we get caught up in this whole natural world. So from the standpoint of the spiritual side of who we are, once again, your voice is your, spe- or is your address in the spirit. Now I'll give you some examples. Turn over to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. And we'll see a perfect example of this. Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. Are you tracking with me? You you hanging in? You doing okay? So Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 12. It says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand. Now, understanding is pivotal. You set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. So Daniel was praying for his nation. He was praying for God to intervene. There were some things that were going contrary. And the Bible says that, first of all, he set his heart to understand, meaning there's a whole lot of natural things going on, but I want to be able to see beyond just what I see. I've got to have the heart of God. God, I've got to understand. And then he began to pray. And the moment that he began to pray, his words were heard and help was on the way. All right? Verse, where do we read? uh, 13. Let's back up. So then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. He says, from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of, prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So what did he say? He said, listen, I found you by your voice. I heard. And based upon hearing your words, answers started coming. And that's how I located you. And he said, now, when I started to come, the prince of Persia or the heavenly principalities of the enemy withstood me, fought against me to bring the answer to you for 21 days, but... The angel Michael came and helped me. And he's over there warring against him. And now I got a way so I can come down and talk to you. 
He said, but now I'm telling you, and I'm helping you understand. Now, here's the vision. You've had some things in your heart. That's why you've been praying. He said, now, that vision is still to come. Hang on to it. The answer's on the way. Amen. And so when we purpose to pray... God begins to move, but he can't do anything unless we pray. So when it comes to your situation, your personal life, if all we lay down in ball and squall and saying, God, it's really bad, God can't do nothing about it. But the moment that we begin to pray to get understanding, God, help me. Help me see what's going on here. Help me how to pray here. The moment we do that, God begins to intervene. God begins to go to work on our behalf. Can you say amen? Your voice makes a difference. This election was based upon the body of Christ making their voice heard. I was watching some of the election uh, tallies. Even within the state of Michigan, there were several... Uh, things that were on the ballot that were uh, up for election. And there were several within Michigan, well, I should say two, two that I know for sure, there could be more, that was determined by one vote. One vote tipped the scale one way or the other. One voice made the difference. When it comes to God, God needs your voice. He needs us to pray. Amen. Come on, this church is just one voice away from praying, God, come and move in this place. This city is one voice away from turning around. This city is one voice away from the economy of heaven coming and flooding this city. But we get so lazy and so contented and so pity party for ourselves that God just says, well, I'd like to do something, but the body's just sitting there. He's wanting us to understand. He's wanting us to pray. Amen? In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, from the Amplified, it says, The effectual, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, and it's dynamic in its working. Your prayers are answered 100% of the time. You may say, well, I'm not always seeing the results of that. Listen to what that scripture says. The effectual, heartfelt, passionate prayer of the righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, and that power is dynamic and it's working. See, you're looking at the final outcome. God says when you pray, you're producing power. So when you pray, the power is produced. So, see, you've been praying for your husband or your wife, and you're saying, change them, God, change them, God, change them, God. God says, I can't change them. But through your prayers, I can produce power. That can begin to be effectual in their life. Amen? Family affairs. You're looking at family affairs, and you're saying, God, what's going on? And you look at the natural man, but there's a spiritual implication that's undercurrent, that's going on, and therefore our prayers can begin to be effectual and beginning to produce power. What's that power? That power is simply the anointing of God. And the Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke and it removes the burdens. So your power or the power that you're producing through your voice goes to work on your behalf. Amen. So how can you pray? Well, again, we've shared this with you many times before. 
But in Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says, pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would be opened, that they would come to have the understanding, the wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that they would come to know the hope of their calling, that they would come to experience the fullness of the inheritance of the saints. So, our voice was heard as the body of Christ in this election. Do we just sit back and go, whew, praise the Lord. In fact, let me just say this. I heard it said this way and I thought it was uh, uh, articulated very well. We've been praying for and been talking about the awakening in the body of Christ for a number of years now. And if you've been like me, I've said, okay, Lord, we're praying for the awakening. But man, where is it? Because I don't see the church being very much awake. On the contrary, dead. I believe, and I heard it said, so I'm agreeing with what was said, that the election results are an expression of the awakening that has been taking place within the church. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's much to be contended for. Now, that doesn't mean everything is going to get rosy. No, it's going to get worse. But there's things that are happening within the body of Christ. And it's happening a whole lot faster than it did. Why? Because we're about ready to go home. Amen? And so, as I said, rather than us being the church that just lays down and says, well, we got, we got somebody in the office. Praise the Lord. No. We can begin to pray for our elected officials. God, open up the eyes of their understanding. That they may know you first and foremost. That they may know the hope of their calling. The calling of that office. That they would come to know the inheritance that belongs to them. Come on, the inheritance that belongs to us. There's those that would say, we're trying to make people free. In their freedom, they're bringing bondage to a nation. It's only God that can bring true freedom and liberation. Amen? And so, we have a job to do. Making our voice heard. Why? Because the voice of a believer has influence. You have the greatest ability of influencing anybody, first and foremost, in your prayer closet. Just praying for them. Remember Daniel. His words were heard, but the angel said, it's for an appointed time. It's still coming. Hang in there. So when you get ready to think, oh, dear God, it's never going to work. Just remember, your prayers have an appointed season for it to come to fruition. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. Amen? Now, one of the things that the Spirit of God spoke to us when uh, uh, Reverend Marty was here, he said that the tides are turning in our favor. I'm hanging on to that like a dog on a bone. The tide is turning. Increase is coming. The Spirit of God is going to be flooding and pouring out in this place. Amen. I know it looks a little sparse on Wednesday night. That's okay. If it's just a matter that will catch on fire, a few wildfires will just catch on spark or the spark will catch on to somebody else and it will just spread. Amen. Amen. Now Now get ready. Get ready for it. Come on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Come on. <laughs> Amen. New building. Larger. Praise the Lord. This place sold. Amen. But here's the thing. It starts in the church. 
here. And so when that fire ignites, how many of you know that sometimes it's not always comfortable because it challenges you, it stretches you, it pulls you, makes you make decisions. Amen. (laughs) But it's a good thing. Amen. It's a growing time. And it's only to make you better. Praise God. You know, I was talking with, I'll close with this, talking with Jacqueline and Jordan. You know, they've just been having some tremendous things going on in their life, just going to school, and God just blessing and increasing them. But then it's just like, you know, dear God, every time, it just seems like the enemy wants to come and just stir something up. And they said, you know, the funny thing is, it's like before Sunday morning or Wednesday night, it's like that's when he shows up. Well, he ain't stupid. He knows exactly when to bring his mess, don't he? Well, they're not special. He knows when to bring mess to your house just at the right time. Bringing the thoughts, bringing the cravings, bringing the suggestions, bringing the lies. But we've got a voice. And the Bible says this. The Bible says that we have the ability to stand up against the enemy. And one translation says that when we resist him, it actually means that it paralyzes him. Amen. Paralyzes him. It means he can't move. Amen. I mean, think about it this way. Here's this big guy. He comes in the church. He's been sitting in the back. Nobody knew knew how he got in here. He's just back there. In fact, uh, you know, we're just kind of caught off guard. But he's ugly. He's mean. He's huge. He's just, I mean, he like rip your head off, spit down your neck kind of guy. He's just ugly. And so he's just talking all this trash to you, right? And you're thinking, whoa, this dude is bad news. And you're kind of afraid. But then as you start looking at the back of the church there, you're like, Dude's sitting in a wheelchair. And then you get back there and the guy don't have any legs. He's in a wheelchair paralyzed. But he's just running his mouth. And so at one point in time, once you discover and have knowledge of his paralyzed state, I mean, you can get up as close as you want to just within distance, you know. Talk all you want. <laughs> right? Because he's paralyzed. He thought he whooped you before, but you've beat him time and time again. Amen. Got beyond a hundred days, man. Got him beat then, got him beat now. Talk all you want. You're paralyzed. I'm free. Amen. Praise God. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time tonight. We thank you that we are learning how to utilize and use our voice. For God, there is, there is much that has been ordained of this church and of these people. And God, a church is nothing without its people. So Father, I thank you that there is greatness within every single person that is in this place. And God, I thank you right now that you are beginning to open up the eyes of their understanding because so many have thought so small for so long. Some have just disqualified themselves because of age, because of whatever it might be. But no, there's things that must be done. There's things that you must do, and there's things that we must collectively do. And so, therefore, we must begin to operate as a a united front, using our voice, beginning to pray, and see God do what he wants to do in this place. So, God, we thank you. We thank you for great days ahead. We thank you that you're moving on our behalf, that the tide has turned and is turning for our favor. 
In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise. Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life